0: Welcome to Cowboy Ed, where we saddle up and ride through all those, all those things you want to talk about in education, and occasionally some of those things you don't talk about in education. But today we've got, well, we've got one of those rides that, you know, just tackles that question or that statement maybe we hear a lot. But before we get there, how you doing out there, Maya?
1: I'm doing well. It is looking to be a super busy summer. Lots of things to do, um, mostly education related too. So probably have a lot to talk about. But yeah, how are you doing? School's out or not yet?
0: Oh no, we are. We're in that dangerously close time with a few days to go before the school year ends, and uh, everybody is a little bit more wired. And yeah, we're we're almost there. We can see the the end of the tunnel coming for this year and getting ready for for what comes next. But one of those statements, as we've gone through the last few years, and, and maybe over even longer than that, maybe it's been around for a long time, but a lot of people outside of education will oftentimes say, well, if schools were ran like a business, they wouldn't do this. They would Fill in the blank some other way. And so that statement, if schools were ran like a business, well, we're going to dive into this question today and and attack it from the angle, should schools be ran like a business? And and well, we got to kind of come at the other part of that question. It's what business are we going to use as a, yeah, we got a lot of things to talk about. So what do you think about when you think about that question, Maya, should schools be ran like a business.
1: I think that my first response to that is like what part? Schools are complicated and you know, I I've heard principals and, you know, even people at the university talk about students as clients and we serve them and and what do they need and that kind of thing and I think that bleeds into the parents. I think that's also part of some of the battles that we have in education with the parents demanding, you know, curriculum and, you know, all kinds of things. And because there's a perception, you know, that they're the end consumer, you know, some of those metaphors work, some of them don't. But are we talking about that? Are we talking about finance? Are we talking about the role of teacher as an employee? So You know, again, schools are complicated and I think there's a lot of ways you could apply business models, but there's not like a clean overlay. You know, you can't take the business model of the pizza shop down the street and lay it over a school and make it work. So, yeah, I'm going to answer that with a question, James, and kick it right back to you. What do you think?
0: Well, I'm just going to answer that question. I really like taco pizza. And so... Oh wait, that had nothing to do with the question. So, <laughs> you you start thinking about a business model and you threw out a word there, Maya, that you said clients. Like we oftentimes talk about students as clients or or that. But on the same note, there's a big difference and I think when we look at a business model, the difference between a client and a customer. And back to kind of exactly where you were, you were know, the horse seemed like it was headed there. The the pizza parlor or the restaurant has a customer and a certain type of store has a customer that is coming in and purchasing something directly versus a client a client is somebody that you they are purchasing but they're purchasing in a a way a service they're purchasing health care they're purchasing Uh, maybe, maybe a house and and your realtor, they're going through the process of hunting and finding those kind of things. So it's, it's a different piece there that we have to be, all businesses are not the same. We don't run a hospital like a pizza shop. We don't run, uh, you know, down that path customer versus client. So I'm going to kick it back to you and say, well, if you were going to make it up, you know. I'm gonna put you on the spot and you have to answer. Are students
1: more like customers or clients? Such a tricky question. Um, I think there's an argument at the college level that they pay for the experience, therefore, you know, they're I and I I guess to answer the question directly, it's clients, right? Because it's The words that I want to use to describe what they're paying for is experience, learning, um, interactions with the teacher, you know, all the processes of going to school. And I think that that's very similar to the K-12 environment. Our students are engaged in something that is not a product in the way that you, like, go pick a product off the shelf. You know, they don't come to school and buy math but they have an experience of math. And I think that that, that starts to change the way that they behave as the, you know, just the consumer. Right. And I think that pushes them in the client space because there's negotiation, there's interaction. What you provide as a teacher is dependent on the way they receive, right. Or engage or what they provide on top of, you know, like this, the curriculum or whatever. So it's a collaboration. And I think that definitely fits the characteristics of client better. You made me think about
0: that. I'm not sure I want to answer that question, but I'm going to, I'm going to use an out. Well, I'm going to use a springtime summer kind of example for us. Let's think about a greenhouse. Let's think about your local greenhouse nursery that you go to, um, about this time of year and you think about the person that walks through the door, are they a client or a customer? And when you, you look at that and you think, well, you could have a lot of customers. They get online, they know exactly what kind of potting soil, they know exactly what kind of plants, they know, they read all this stuff, they are, in a sense, their own expert on it. They come in, they look for it, they buy it, they go up to the front and they purchase it. They get home, um, they plant it in the ground, They hope that it turns into a amazing producing tomato plant or, or whatnot, and if it doesn't, they immediately are back out on the internet, um, searching for reasons why, what's going wrong, uh, looking for all sorts of expertise, locally, regionally, you know, nationally, worldwide, in that sense. But on the same note, if you use that same business model, there's a lot of clients. There's a lot of clients at the local greenhouse nursery. They walk, they come in, they talk to the, the experts working there. They're like, I'm trying to plant uh, a tree. I'm trying to get a tree to grow. And then people, and, and those experts there are saying, this is the kind of tree that grows here, grows really well. These are the kind of things you need to do because of where we live, wherever that place may or may not be in this sense. And, and they are working with that. If you take that plant home, you get it, Planted, it's you're doing everything. You're working. You're coming back in checking with the greenhouse saying, hey, it looks really good. Is there anything else I need to do? And they are definitely in that client mode. Like they want you to keep coming back, but they want your plants, if you will, to be successful and grow, produce be beautiful, all of those things. And so when I think about it, if we're going to compare it to a business, this idea of comparing it to a business that is similar to what we try to do in education. We do not have an assembly line model. We are not trying to produce everybody the same. We are not trying to have one mold, if you will, fit everybody. So we definitely have this mix of clients uh, and we have to work with our clients. But on that same note, we definitely have customers as you will that are scouring the resources out there uh internet books whatever that in some level or not um that perception allows them to have some sort of more knowledge i won't say expertise but they have more knowledge in that and so that creates this conversation that we're having so my i know i i, I got a lot of a lot of, well i i threw a lot of potting soil out there and planted a lot of seeds for you what What are you thinking about now?
1: Well, I think there's, you know, we kind of started this on it's a service oriented entity as education, right? But as you're talking, as I'm thinking about the definitions of these two words, I think a lot of it has to do with the uniqueness of the person who needs the services, right? So in your metaphor of going to the greenhouse, my yard isn't like other people's yards, right? So I have a unique need, I have a unique vision of what I want. And I think that parallels really well with students because that uniqueness of the student, they have different background knowledge. They have different life experience. They have different likes and dislikes. And, you know, you have a group of 20 to 30 of them in a classroom and you're trying to provide a service, but it's not, hey, I have this amazing you know meal of curriculum that i'm going to feed to you but how am i going to take what i know as an educator and match that up with the need you have as you know the client in my classroom right as the student who brings this really unique situation because of because they're unique individuals right because they have all of those things i just mentioned and and tons more that enables them to have that specific need that we're trying to address as teachers, right? So we have goals just like a nursery has goals, right? They they deal in expertise around plants and design and they perform a service, but it is unique to their customer and that puts them in that client space, right? I, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud, but I think that uniqueness of our students really plays into this.
0: Well, I think you're spot on. And, and I think in all of this, I'm going to come back to that one big kind of ugly picture, whether teachers are paid enough or any of that stuff. Well, that that's a, that's a whole different conversation that we've waited in and out of. But if I go to the greenhouse, um, if I'm going to anything that is client oriented in that sense, and I buy something and they give me great advice and they tell me to, and I do everything they do and my plant dies or my plant is not fruit bearing, or it is withering quickly. Uh, eventually, I'm done going to. I'm done shopping there. I'm gonna maybe I'm gonna get on the internet. Maybe I'm gonna find those uh, other resources, or, or I'm gonna go to a different, different place. And so, when we when we take that perspective, I, I, I think I can relate to that question. Well, if it was ran like a business, because a lot of students out there do not have that choice. If the if they if they're at the greenhouse, there is no other greenhouse choice in there. Especially as we look around Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, Colorado, the smaller schools there may be only one option for them. And so you you start to think, well, I mean, if we're truly a client-based system, then how are we going to ensure that those dollars spent are actually leading to plants or wonderful students that are producing and are successful in, in those pieces. So I, I think there's this compelling argument and oftentimes we go, well, it's public school and you're not really, well, we are paying for it. It is paid for via tax dollars. It's paid for uh, all those things. And so it is a public entity that we are, we are paying for, and if we don't do a great job, then we pay for it somewhere else down the line, whether it's in the court system or we, we pay for it in, in social benefits or we, 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 all those things. So one way or the other, we're, we're, we are paying for it. So that accountability piece to dollars spent equals a viable product is maybe where I feel like this really becomes a tricky conversation. And I can kind of see the perspective of, well, if if we're a business and all the plants die, I'm not running a nursery anymore. So,
1: how do you take that, Maya? Oh, my head's swimming with lots of ideas. But the way I function is to think about the current situation of schools. And if you tweak some things and change, some of those fundamental structures, what do you get, right? And so, thinking about this as a business and and kind of contemplating school as business, I think about a business that is creative, innovative, and does things in really bizarre ways that don't necessarily match with you know, the mainstream, right? So, I don't know, to stick with the pizza shop for a second that you know, if it was about not just go pick up your pizza and have pizza but you could come and and create your own pizza and and make it yourself and you know whatever like a different kind of experience right and so what is that that may not be successful as a pizza shop but my my essence of identity gets at you know what if we ask the students what if we bring their voice into this and what if you change some of those fundamental business practices in schools to really be client-based, right? So if I had a design studio or a marketing firm or, you know, something that's going to engage with that consumer as a client, I would have tons of conversations with the person I was doing the marketing for. Well, why don't we do that with students? So if we are going to think about school as a business, you know, how do we use some of those things that work really well in this scenario and apply them to schools and my first thing would be to bring the student voice into it so i know that takes us on a tangent my horse took a left and went over here to check things out but that's that's totally where my mind was going about thinking about school as a business and pulling some kind of tried and true things we have in business that work really well thinking about students as clients and then how do you bring that into a school Finance, I try to stay away from because it just it's so tricky and complicated, and I it's not my you know happy zone. But I think that you know ultimately it takes money to run any kind of a business, whether it's a school or a pizza shop or the nursery, and so you've got to balance all of those pieces. But I'm not going to answer that question of yours. So I'm going to stick with my like vision of what happens to the school if you ask the clients what should be going on.
0: Well, I'm going to play the, I don't know, the, the villain in this conversation uh, because I, I feel like I've heard the conversation enough times that, well, if we ask students, well, they're going to choose the fun class. They're going to choose, then school's going to become like a popularity contest because they're going to choose the the fun teacher. They're going to choose the teacher that, you know, doesn't make them work. That teacher doesn't do as much as I do and they just, you know, it's all about, you know they just have a fun time in there and so i i this isn't that's never going to be successful we can't we can't actually take the students voice because in fairness to the students they are not capable of making this decision for themselves that's what we as the public school system that's our job we're we're supposed to lay out the the tracks for them to know what they are supposed to be doing, what they need to be successful, and, and those things. And I say that in jest, but I also say that sincerely. And I, I say that kind of in a mix there, too, because I do know that how do we coach students to be thinking about learning experiences, tr- real learning opportunities, versus the easiest, easiest path? And that goes back to earlier podcasts that totally flips education on its head because we are so content-driven, all those pieces that kids kind of do. They, they do have it figured out. They're going to choose the pass, path of least resistance to get the job done. And they don't want to just do more work to do more work. And so the value of what we're putting in front of them isn't, totally relevant to them at the point they're doing it. It might be relevant five years from now. But as a consumer, or a client right now, they don't care. And so it it creates such an interesting dynamic, but but I actually I feel like we do miss out on student voice, uh, in the sense of how do we create more opportunities and, and create more value. But we almost have to start with that student voice being heard at a very young age. First, second, third, fourth, fifth. So by the time they get to junior high, they're still thinking about learning, not just thinking about, well, just thinking about getting through the year. And that is always uh, a, a, a dangerous thought. So we, we've kind of touched on a lot of things here. And I'll, I'll throw it back to my. if you got got a closing comment to add in here.
1: I could talk for hours because I think you just opened the the idea of purpose of school. Um, so I'm super excited. We'll have to loop back to this topic. But just to kind of counter what you said, and, you know, and I think, I think we have a couple conversations. We have a purpose of school conversation. And we have, you know, thinking about the teachers as the clients, right? We were focused on students, but because they you know have that end end result of the learning but teachers could really be the client in this scenario too so i think maybe we should loop back to this when we have a chance but to say one more thing about your you know your villainness there i think that if you worked with the students that they understood where they were headed and i know that's a challenging thing for for youth to figure out but it's always in the back of their mind, you know, what am I going to be when I grow up? What am I using school for? And if they have those ideas and that's a, you know, a forward-facing conversation we have their voice could really drive where schools go. So I think there's a lot to think about, but really, you know, bringing some of those conversations about purpose of school to the forefront could drive what school looks like as a business. And I know, you know, we're meandering all over the place and lots of places this conversation could go. So I'm going to kick it back to you cuz we're we're at that time where the horses need to head back.
0: Well, thank you Maya. And and hopefully all of our listeners out there you know like and share and and keep the conversation going because that is the purpose of this ride is to have conversations and constructive conversations and come up with solutions. How do we grow? How do we keep improving? How do we, you know, make education what what we need it to be, not only for us as teachers, but for students and, and the future. But with that, our has came to an end. Head them up.
1: Move them on. Move them on. Head them up. Head them up. Move them on.
0: Cowboy Ed. on the run.